Hey guys, welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto. We're here to dive into this fortnight's news and see what's happening. So we're here to talk and catch up all things crypto. So you've got myself, Pav, and a new guest, John. Welcome, mate. Thanks, mate. Glad to be here. Lovely, mate. So um, yeah, obviously a lot been happening. You could also argue not much happening in the markets yeah. since the last time we did an episode, but nonetheless, we're going to try and unpack that for everyone today. So again, if you like what you hear or love what you have been hearing, definitely give us a share on your socials and good chance to also submit any questions you've got there. We've had um, some pretty rip-roaring questions come through um, that we'll probably do another FAQ episode on, which went down pretty well. So yeah, definitely get in touch. But mate, John, do you want to sort of guess, give everyone a bit of a backstory about yourself and you know how you got into crypto? Yeah, definitely, mate. So, um, first got into crypto um, around 2017, 18 bull run, probably close to the top. I think similar to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's the best place to buy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have much money back then, but yeah, quickly lost around 40% of my initial stake and, and freaked out and ended up selling a vast majority, unfortunately. So, yeah. I didn't carry you know the benefits of holding on to that the whole way through, but I think that's a bit of a lesson right there in itself and kind of something everyone has to go through when they first get into the crypto yeah. market. Yeah, it's like hilarious. Like the last few guests or guest presenters we've had recently, like it seems to be the common theme. You've got to earn your stripes. Yeah. So it kind of makes you wonder if that's ever going to change for anyone. That's the only way, right? <laughs> like you just got to go through it. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I had a history uh, working in banking um, yep. across our business lending. And then I did a small stint in our financial markets. So yeah, very interested in the, you know, the financial system in general. And I think that's what kind of attracted me to crypto, given there's so much going on here. Yeah, it's sweet. Um, and so, yeah. No, mate. Thanks for giving everyone a bit of a background, mate. John's uh, yeah, a bit of a TA freak in the office, and um, I don't think he'll hold back this episode, so we'll see how we go, but uh, mate, I'm glad we got you on the episode. Oh, mate, same to you. All right. We'll just jump right in, mate. What's your thoughts on what's been happening the last one or two weeks? Yeah, well, you know, it's been a bit depressing, really. I think, <laughs> um, you know, we've pretty much been in a downtrend since the middle of November when the last peak hit. We quickly broke up out of that in early Feb and things looked like it was starting to be a bit more promising. But all this news around inflation and interest rates have been the talk of the town for a while. But I think more importantly, just the issues in Russia and Ukraine are just spooking kind of, you know, investors globally. So, yeah, I think there's just so much scared money at the moment. Moment, and that's kind of been reflected in the price, not only for Bitcoin, but you know your other traditional markets, um, you know, the share market overseas in particular is one I always watch closely. And so yeah, it's just a risk-off tone across the board, really, at the moment. Yeah, it almost seems like Groundhog Day. I think even Morgan, myself, who did the podcast two weeks ago, exact same sort of sentiment. Unfortunately, just it feels like this is beyond just one single market performing or outperforming another market. It's just the whole world, like you mentioned, just sort of in a bit of a state of just waiting to see if something's going to happen. Mm. I guess with all that geopolitical tension in that part of the world, unfortunately, playing out at the moment. And I've also just got the looming specter of rising interest rates coming soon for the US too, which is, I guess, Mm. everyone's just wondering how they're all going to grapple when the time does come. Yeah. I don't think there'll be too much of an issue, to be honest, near term. I think it should be relatively priced in, like the Fed in their last meeting said, you know, it's going to be a 50-bit increase. So I think most markets know what they're in for. It'll probably be you know, towards the end of the year when, you know, yeah. they start ramping it up and more unexpected news comes out, yep. that we might see more significant kind of reactions there. Yep. But yeah, as, uh, the price of Bitcoin, obviously, it's just kind of topped at 44500 uh, a week or two ago. I think that was just after the Super Bowl, probably a lot of positive yeah. news propping the market up and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since then, obviously, falling back through that key 40K support. And I think this morning, it was kind of hovering around that 37K level. And 
anything under there, it's kind of anyone's guess where it's going to hold on the downside. But I think, yeah. you know, a sweep of the low 30s is probably on the cards for sure. That's it. I think that's, it's funny, like you use that word sweep of the lows, like that almost is like the new catchphrase that's rolling around the office at the moment, just sweep the lows. Yeah. But yeah, I guess for those people who may not be aware, like just generally, I guess, psychologically where a lot of people put their stop losses, you know, past the last local low that's been put in, which is, you know, around that USD valuation of about 33K. So anywhere down there is, you know, we could get there very quickly, but at the same time, I guess it's that reaction that everyone's potentially mm. waiting to see. Like, is it going to whip back up quickly or mm. is it just going to fall straight through like a lead balloon? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously I always follow the S&P 500 very closely and the NASDAQ as well. But um, yeah, for the S&P in particular, I think the previous sweep low was around 4,200 or, or just above that. Yeah, so I above. think that'll be a key yeah. level to you know, to monitor as well in that market because, yeah, if it does fall through there, you know, that the uptrend has been well and truly broken in that market for a few weeks and, that, you know, going past that previous kind of low will surely have some, you know, further pressure on the downward pricing for, for crypto as well. Yeah, you got to think that, right? Because it's not a case of, once again, equities, crypto, it's just money's either ready to be invested or money's just been put away just for safekeeping. So we'll wait and see how that all plays out. It's crossed, eh? That's it. (laughs) Not to make it sound too depressing. Um, Sorry, guys. Some people have been, I guess, waiting for this opportunity. (laughs) Like, I know I have been. Everyone's like going doom and gloom, like, oh my God, I finally got my chance to (laughs) get in and at a a not horrible price. So, I mean, obviously, if you... I guess a lot of people that we deal with as well, I guess we're stuck in the in the space every single waking minute mm-hmm. of the day. The sentiment hasn't really changed, right? Like, I don't know. Would you say that's that's the same thing you'd say? Like, the sentiment's not changed. It's just you're kind of seeing who's got the conviction. Yeah, yeah. It's just pretty much, you know, everyone is keen to buy, but I think, you know, people are definitely conscious of further downside risk. So, yeah. probably would pay to be a little bit, I suppose, risk averse in times like this. But at the same time, you know, like you said, you know, that's where the money's made, right? When people kind of buy the fear and yeah. sell the news type thing. So. Do what Warren would do. Yeah. What would just Warren worry, do? Just worry about time in the market, all right? Not yeah. timing. Just, just get in. <laughs> we'll see. Enough on this. Yeah, not on this. <laughs> I guess to unpack a couple of key news articles that have come across in the last few weeks, like number one, it's been some news of New York Stock Exchange introducing some sort of NFT marketplace. So we'll definitely break that down a bit further. Uh, Ukraine, which has been in the news for all sorts of reasons, but most recently we've seen something come out about them approving Bitcoin as legal tender. So that's a pretty, I guess, interesting one that's come out, just given all the recent circumstantial stuff happening there. Uh, JP Morgan and Sequoia Capital investing in the blockchain future. So a little bit more on that. Firstly, we can just jump straight into the NFT marketplace on the NYSE, the New York Stock Exchange. So they plan to launch a marketplace for NFTs and cryptocurrencies, very similar to what they do for stocks at the moment. Uh, they filled out an application that's pending with the US Patent and Trademark Office last week. So that obviously is a commitment as opposed to just speculation. Uh, I think that's hopefully not a stretch to say that. So I've gone to that length. But yeah, I think it all sort of comes to head, obviously, with the popularity of NFT trading platforms like OpenSea openly being valuated for over a billion dollars sort of just, you know, gives you the idea that these platforms are not here just to be a splash in the pan. Like as much as they might be right now, there's obviously some serious long-term upside potential, um, especially with the metaverse narrative everyone keeps going on about. But I think it should also be noted that it's not the first time they've tried to break into this space. I think you mentioned yourself, John, that they partnered with Crypto.com to mint yeah. a series of NFT collectibles. Yep, last uh, April. Yeah, so that was last April. So, I mean, obviously- The commitment's there, early doors, right? I mean, they can yeah. see what a cash cow it is, you know, and I think everyone wants a piece of this pie in some way, shape, or form. And yep. the size of the New York Stock Exchange itself, you know, surely they're, 
you know, they're, they're licking their lips at what they think they can <laughs> achieve, you know, moving forward because it's only going to get bigger, you know, at the rate it's going anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this stage, it's just athletes and super sports stars putting their name on, I guess, a lot of these exchanges. Who, who is that opens, has open C? Is it Kevin Durant? Am I wrong in that? I'm not sure. So. Yeah, I know it's someone from the basketball world, at least. Like, they're all, you know, obviously spending their money in, in all these interesting different ways to invest. But, mm. yeah, obviously getting some formal institutional investors interested again in the space, um, which is always interesting to see. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting, too, to see how far they take the offering. Obviously, initially, probably be limited to, you know, things like music and art. But yeah. I know, um, you know, there's also uh, people looking at NFTs in terms of property and being yeah. able to tokenize property as well. So. Yeah. Will they be able to have property funds on there of some sort or, you know, kind of, I, I know it's probably a bit early doors to start speculating on things like this, but I think the possibilities are, are almost endless. That's the thing, right? When you've got the tech of just, it's literally yeah. a digital contract. Yeah. What do you, what do you want to put what a contract to? to? Yeah. Like yeah. that's, that could be even just derivatives to some degree. Like if they've got some market mm. there, I'm sure they would love to tap into it, utilize it <laughs> yeah. for that as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. I suppose um, moving on to Ukraine and uh, them approving Bitcoin's probably been the next big news that's come out over the last fortnight amidst the standoff with Russia, though, obviously, which is a big talking point, which is probably overshadowing a bit at the moment. Yeah. You know, it is good to see that they are kind of at least approving the use of it throughout the UK. It, it is not legal tender, though, like it is um, in El Salvador, but it is a kind of a, a starting point, I suppose. But it should be noted as well that Ukraine's kind of developed itself as one of Europe's leading hub for, for crypto over the last few years. Um, I was reading up on our chain analysis and they actually oh, yeah. ranked Ukraine fourth really? globally, yeah, behind Vietnam, India and Pakistan. I think there's a worthy mention there for China as well for largest on-chain value received over the course of the year, but they're still probably, they've got their own uh, stuff they're going through in all other aspects of crypto in China. You always usually hear bad news, you know, from them in particular, as well as India, actually. That's why it was pretty interesting to see that yeah. know, they're one of the biggest. Um, well, I think yeah, it was, ranked. that was what was interesting about last episode we did. Like there was a pretty formal piece came out from the Indian government talking about how they're going to plan on taxing crypto mm. from their previous stance of crypto's banned. Yeah. So, I mean, who well, knows? As long general. as they can make money on it, right? I think that's what every government's thinking. Like they're yeah. not really going to get away from this tech. It's too hard to. So, But what about... Russia banning crypto and Ukraine accepting crypto. Yeah. Is there something that? Uh, it's a bit controversial, isn't it? Yeah, but better, I think, better um, not say anything too loud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's, um, look, I think it's just so funny, right? Throughout the year, I think, didn't, didn't we have a leaderboard last year, the amount of times China has been? Yeah, yeah. Crypto, and I'm that sure. was um, pretty sure bull market indicator number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's really just a matter of time with these things. I think, um, you yeah. know, the, the tech's there. It's just a matter of, you know, how long is the adoption going to take and how long a government's going to get on board. Yeah. And I guess further to that, like even again, just jumping back into the institutional space, like I know you were talking about and doing up a little piece on, yeah, JP Morgan and Sequoia Capital and how they're investing in blockchain's future. So what are, yeah. what are they up yeah, to? Yeah, definitely. So JP Morgan in particular first, they've actually um, been one of the first major banks to open a lounge in the metaverse. Damn. Um, it's called the Onyx Lounge. Sounds pretty gangster. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> their analysts essentially value the metaverse space at around $1 trillion per year. So it's obviously a pretty large number that they want to tap into. But yeah, just diving into the Onyx Lounge in a bit more detail, it's pretty cool. I was actually having a play around. You can choose your own avatar, skin tone, being in there. clothes, accessories. Yeah, I was having a little play around. It's really? Pretty, look, it's nothing that exciting realistically, but it's it's kind of a good starting point, I suppose, to see yep. what what is capable. But um. Yeah, you pretty much you walk in there you, on the ground floor, you're greeted by a little tiger walking around in a portrait of the CEO. Yeah. 
Jamie Dimon. And um, yeah, there's a lounge upstairs where there's a big table of documents and, and large monitor screens. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a meme really. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, as a business, you kind of, you want to get into that space as soon as you can. And obviously, you know, the first mover advantage is probably a big part there. So they're probably going to build on that in the future, but yeah. Um, you maybe know, a water fountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some some virtual meeting rooms maybe. Yeah, know. they'll all be booked out still. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything like it's here. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's um, it's pretty cool, right? I mean, you, you see news like this pretty much every few weeks, so, you yeah. know, ac- across the board. So it's, it's probably- still pretty interesting, don't you reckon, like how down the markets are, yet you still see some of these articles coming through the game. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that's, you know, it's a bit frustrating, right, when – you know, you see so much of this positive news and it's just not reflected in markets. And I yeah. think that kind of probably is, is a result of obviously the first things we spoke about just being the risk, the, you know, just the mm. risky nature of that asset class, which is probably just the overarching theme at the moment as opposed to, you know, more fundamental news. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Sequoia Capital on the other end as well. They're, they're a venture capital firm. They announced an investment um, in Ethereum Layer 2 Polygon. I think that was a few weeks ago with around $450 million. And they've set aside $600 million for a crypto fund as a part of its ongoing efforts to bootstrap the next generation of blockchain startups. So yeah, that's some crazy figures getting thrown around in, in kind of that world. And I think that just shows that uh, I'm pretty sure Sequoia Capital 2 never really had much interest in crypto up until that investment in Polygon. So yep. it's good to see that these businesses that traditionally didn't have any interest in this space, you know, are just coming around. I think um, the interest in Polygon in, in particular was because Polygon's wanted to become the decentralized version of the Amazon Web Service. So, and it's part of this whole Web3 movement yeah, that's yeah. happening at the moment too, where the power is in the user's hands as opposed to, you know, yeah. the big data warehousing giants like Facebook and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, I think um, that probably feeds a little bit into the next topic too on Warren Buffett. And I know you've got a bit more to say on that. Yeah, mate. He's uh, apparently dumping some of his portions in Visa and MasterCard shares and investing in uh, a neobank. So neobank for those that know is a digital bank. So um, also goes by the name of Nubank. So although Nubank doesn't allow any specific trading of cryptocurrencies, basically it would look to allow people to invest in crypto exchange traded funds or ETFs. So I mean, it's read into this what you want. Like obviously might be just a, a part of the overall strategy for all Warren Buffet. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be discounted the fact that Warren Buffett still obviously very much doesn't think highly of cryptocurrencies as a entity on its own. So often referring it to as rat poison squared. <laughs> so it's just going to be interesting to see, I guess, how that all plays out. I mean, I'm sure he's got much other bigger sort of frish to fire yeah. and it's just part of the overall strategy that he's sort of coming into the market right now. I mean, he had to dip his toes in eventually, right? Like, yeah. it was, it's just too much money getting thrown in, in this space to ignore it. But maybe he's also just hiding it. You know, he could be up at 11 <laughs> yeah. o'clock at night, dark mode enabled, and just on the charts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised. He's just like one of us. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, like, I guess, um, I think another pretty interesting stat coming out, I guess, of what's been happening lately is, you know, there's not too much to speak of in terms of top movers in the market. But one thing I wanted to call out was that stable coins are now making a very prominent position in the top mm-hmm. 10 assets. So we've got USDT, USDC, and BUSD all in the top 10, making up for 150 billion US dollars of market cap together. So again, just feeds into this idea of money being parked to the side. Everyone's waiting. To give people some context, that sum is equal to half the market cap of Ethereum alone. So definitely, again, giving some sort of insight into the nature of and sort of sentiment in the market right now again. 
I think we've got another crypto catch-up episode where we have to say the top movers are stablecoins because yeah, the last seven days are all they're all red still. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not 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 my favorite feature at the moment. Yeah, limited green in the market at this point in time, unfortunately. Yeah, but what is green is the amount of I guess you know advertising we're seeing. You know, yeah. you saw it before, like Super Bowl. That was I didn't see any of the ads, but apparently they went pretty wild. Yeah, I'm not a massive um, NFL fan, but I can get around it. I think some of my mates throw a few parties here or there that, that time of year. So that's probably as far as my knowledge <laughs> goes in terms of NFL. But yeah. Yeah, in terms of the money getting spent on you know on advertising in the space, it's insane. Like for a 60 second ad in the Super Bowl, it costs around 15 million. So big pies. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely nothing to scoff at. And it was interesting to see that the Coinbase Super Bowl ad where they spent a catastrophic amount of money. And I think there was like a QR code bouncing on the screen where you have to scan that to log in and get five free dollars of Bitcoin. It was obviously very successful in drawing thousands of people to that particular site at that time, given who doesn't want five dollars of free Bitcoin, yeah, of man. course. But unfortunately, the influx of visitors actually crashed the site. So it was down for over an hour. So when you can imagine, you know, the cost associated with doing that and then not having the infrastructure prepared to, you know, to take advantage of that, I'm sure um, there's a few people asking some questions over there at old Coinbase. Yeah. Last week since that's happened. Definitely wouldn't have showed up to work the next day. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Got COVID, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, they're not the only ones, obviously, spending a bit of money on the old advertising space. SwiftX is jumping on the bandwagon. That's right. What's happening there? NRL partnership. So three-year sort of partnership, major partnership deal. So biggest crypto related partnership in the NRL um, pretty cool I mean it's pretty surreal to see that name plastered on the ground at the moment it's really cool oh, absolutely it's pretty cool to see you know that they're not leaving any stone unturned in terms yeah. of trying to get the brand out there and grow so it's very pleasing for someone who works I know as a fact I might not be the only one but you know my dad didn't know what I did for a long time and now he <laughs> sees it on the footy field he wants to know <laughs> <laughs> I know well you think about the amount of you know uh, viewers that's going to reach right oh, yeah. like, and yeah. it's going to be very positive I think moving forward I'm pretty excited um, but yeah they're not, not the only I suppose thing we've been sponsoring right this year I yeah we've got the Adelaide Strikers which yeah. everyone might have seen in the Big Bash the Big League Bash. and uh, Brisbane Lions too so yeah which yeah. is coming out right I don't really think we've seen much of that yet but I think that's something to yeah like March I could be wrong oh uh, yeah but uh, yeah it's all happening. It's exciting. Um, we just need the markets to turn around, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Create a bit more of a positive sentiment. That will help. That will help. But I think it is interesting. Like, I don't know if you're seeing it personally, but I know in my little groups, I'm seeing friends and family starting to reach out, asking more questions. Oh, absolutely. Usually that's a top indicator to me, but I mean, I really hope we're not at a top right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we are stuck. Otherwise, yeah, we might be a little bit a little bit worried on this side of the fence. But yeah, I agree. I think it was a pretty good top indicator. I think I had a few people asking me mid-November uh, last yeah. year around getting involved. And I was like, you know, just be careful because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of media attention at the moment. We're going on a big run. And yeah, I think I had a few mates that kind of got involved and bought the tops. But yeah, you know, just like I did back in 2017, hey, you've got to earn your stripes. Yeah. So they'll, they'll be stronger for it. Yeah. And when they ask you originally and you gave them a good time, they're like, oh, I'm not ready. Ready, not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm much happier to buy when the prices are at all time lows. <laughs> exactly right. Um, exactly but, right. But I don't know for me personally, like that's pretty interesting. Like the people I've seen reaching out to me, like the pretty calm collective people. This is obviously just my take on it right mm. now. But yeah, I, I was very surprised to have people reaching out to me when prices were going down. Mm. I just think that's, I don't know, could be a change in. And is that, that buy the dip mentality that gets kind of, um, you know, spread and, and flaunted across every social media and network? I think. Yeah. Um, just keep going. It doesn't matter when it dips, just buy it. And yeah. It memes dipping, then buy again. And then <laughs> yeah, the memes are working. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's the news covered. Where do you think we're going, John? Next one or two weeks, what's your predictions? 
Yeah, I think um, you can't say up or down. <laughs> I've already tried that. It doesn't get. It doesn't fly. <laughs> uh, look, yeah, well, one of two ways, right? You got yeah. <laughs> right. No, I think uh, you know the next key Fibonacci level. Um, you know, if we do fall through this thirty-seven k USD level, which there's a bit of a trend in play, which is propping it up as at today. The next key Fib level at zero point six eight seven is around thirty-five and a half thousand US dollars. So we might see the price yep. hold there. Yep. But yeah, anything underneath that will pretty much be the previous local low at around 33k US. So that's kind of the next two key levels of support, which I think we're probably at the moment heading down, not not heading up would probably be my initial judgment. Anything under there, I think the next kind of key level to look for for support will be anywhere from yeah 28 to 30k. Yeah, um, is kind of what I've got mapped out here, which kind of does you know work into those fib levels as well so yeah yeah i think probably to the downside in short anyway what about your thoughts yeah i mean i called it last week and i just want to pat myself on the back like i did say we'd go to 45 like two weeks ago and we did get there so that's me patting myself on the back um yeah i think i agree with you like the fact that we rejected that key horizontal level at 45 just means that you're just playing it to the next level so the next key level i've got penciled in is yeah anywhere from 30 to sort of 33k Nothing to say. We don't see a big dirty dip on mm. across a couple of the spot and future pricings underneath that level. Again, like everyone just looks at prior lows. I think the easiest way sometimes I explain it to people the way I view the markets is the candlesticks just represent the auction. And it's like the same way you'd bid for anything else. Like it's just the historic price at which people were willing to buy something or sell something. So just that alone, you kind of think for people to be willing to buy it in a strong, decisive manner kind of mm. has to go back to that previous low, I guess you could call it all-time sort of discounted sort of rate that we had most recently mm. in that June-July period. So, yeah, for me, if we see 28K Bitcoin, two things happen. A lot of people that have been waiting get interested and a lot mm. of people that just got in get scared and sell. So, yeah. just a nice little point of creating quite a bit of liquidity. So I think, it, I think yeah, any news though, positive news out of Russia and Ukraine, I think, you know, yeah. if it's reflected, you know, across the share market, we'll surely see a big bounce in crypto as well. 100%. So I think it's kind of like, you know, it could just be one news story away from pushing the other way pretty significantly. So Just waiting um, for Putin to pull up stumps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us what he's doing. Yeah. It's interesting. But yeah, if I had to call it from here, mm. I'd love to just see sideways action little bit of down but you just can't skip past the point that there's a pretty key levels are in that 30k level it's half of it's just psychological the fact that it's we're back down to a a number starting with two right so a lot of people would be looking to sell but a lot of people looking to buy even like ethereum like no real strength even in that usually sometimes when bitcoin's sort of undecisive sometimes ethereum can have a bit of a run or a leg up Mm. even if it's temporary but yeah not seeing too much love there awesome thanks john for catching up today it's been good chatting but uh yeah thank you everyone for joining us on tapping into crypto for this fortnight's episode of the crypto catch up we uh, look forward to catching you again thank you so much for joining us for today's show if you liked it don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at tapping into crypto And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.